Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Sikun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me as always is my co-host Trevor Stores of Full Press Coverage. But you know what I'm excited about today? <laughs> it's not football. It's the fact that Ryan Whitfield, former writer for Fantasy Pros and Pro Football Focus, as well as the OG co-host for Football Garbage Time, is here. How's it going, Ryan? It's good, man. It's good to be back. Uh, you know, appreciate the invite to come on tonight. I don't do the the whole sports talk thing uh, very often anymore, except for when I'm yelling at the car radio. So, uh, <laughs> good to be back. Thank you. Glad, uh, glad to be talking. Following, obviously, a, uh, uh, a disappointing Notre Dame loss this weekend. Oh, my uh, God. Woo! But, that was know, shoot, that was the epitome. hung on most of the year anyway, so... Yeah, well, that's true. And, and actually, it was the epitome of shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, like, all of it was self-inflicted. Almost all of it was self-inflicted. I mean, give, give credit where credit was due. Cincinnati did score when they had to score, but a lot of it was about as gift-wrapped as you can get it. <laughs> so, oh, man, that was a not, not, a great, not a great Saturday for me and you. Uh, although, a very interesting Sunday that we're going to talk about. And, hey, man, I know you don't do the formal sports talk thing anymore, but let's face it, you're probably doing a sports talk thing all the time, just not on air anymore. It's got to be, right? I mean, like, people are always talking. you got to be always talking sports up there. Yeah, no, for sure. And I still have, uh, I still have people that text me at draft time uh, asking me who my who, who my who my top end RB teams are this year. And um, <laughs> like I told you guys, I stopped doing that two years ago. I have no idea. I'm gonna be I'm gonna try to search like every other uh, normal guy who's not a rookie, and I'm gonna look it up about two hours before draft night and we go from there. So, <laughs> um, so I still have people, you know, reached out to me, and I, I still obviously. Uh, super best and have strong opinions, but you know my my ten year old uh, plays sports year round. He's in AAU baseball, so I'm, I'm much nice. more well versed on ten uh, uh, year olds in Massachusetts and their and their abilities <laughs> and their development right now than I am on a on a on a you know a high level the, the level we used to be on. Uh, yeah, talking yeah. About the, the pro game, but I, I still I still could uh, out talk to anybody at a bar. That's for sure. Well, you're you're a a sleeper pick for about seven to eight years from now, right? Out in baseball. <laughs> we can get we can draft <laughs> yeah. him now. Draft him now. Put him on your dynasty league. I think it's uh, time right. to get rolling. You can never never do early, right? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, well, we got plenty to talk about today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the return of Tom Brady to Foxborough on Sunday Night Football. We're going to be talking about top week four games. We're going to be talking about our bottom five power rankings, um, as well as fantasy football waiver wire pickups. And so much more. So, uh, okay, let's just get this thing rolling. Okay, so everyone knows how people slide into other people's DMs on Twitter. Trevor just slid on in to our <laughs> podcast. There he is. What up? <laughs> hey, Trev. All right. And, and Ryan, the OGs in the house, by the way. And Ryan, the Trevor, uh, I like to refer to as Ryan 3.0, by the way. Um, yeah, he, does. he is now <laughs> the third uh, co-host that we've had since then. Um, but Ryan is the OG. The first, we're like, I think we're episode 146 right now. Uh, Ryan was okay. basically episodes 100, uh, zero 
to episode 120 or something or 110 or something like that. So it's, it's like an un, <laughs> unfathomable number of hours that Ryan has spent on the air. Isn't that amazing, Ryan? I can't believe that, that people actually wanted to hear us. <laughs> it's just crazy that, you know, I've been gone this long and you're still calling people uh, iterations of me. It's, uh, it's nice to be loved <laughs> so much, you know. And I, I know I know, I brought a lot to the table, but uh, it's good to hear that you can't move on. I love it. Oh, I, I can't. I can't move on. Trevor can to be the first to, to, to attest to the fact that I just can't move on. I'm, I'm totally stuck in the past. That's for sure. On many things, not just. Not just you, Ryan, but many things. I'm stuck in the past. So, yeah, uh, yeah, like 85 for in- bears. I know. That's I right. 85, <laughs> 85 bears. That's bears. right. That's right. I'm very excited about those 85 bears. I think we're gonna we're gonna do really well in 85. So I, I'm feeling really good about that. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the main item today because it's been basically uh, blitzed on us in terms of marketing for the entire week, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New England Patriots. And the return of Tom Brady to Foxborough. So I guess I can't even understate how much marketing was done for this Sunday night football game. Uh, very interesting. The Buccaneers squeak out a win at the end against the Patriots by a score of 19 to 17. I'm not going to get into the details on this first because I'm going to let Ryan sound off on this first. Ryan, our, our resident Patriots expert and, and fan, and I, I presume also Tom Brady supporter, although I know there's two Two types of Bostonians right now, those who do support them and those who don't. Um, so fire away, man. Let's hear it, Ryan. I mean, we haven't, we haven't heard your thoughts on the Patriots in a while, and I'd love to hear what your thoughts are about the Patriots and Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. Yeah, so I'll try to be as succinct as possible on this take. But, um, you know, I very early on in this show, because, uh, you know, as you mentioned, 120 episodes that – I think we started all the way back in 2015, which was That's right. the height of uh, J- Jimmy Garoppolo mania around here. And no one, no one touted <laughs> uh, him more than me. And I, I still think he has enough talent to, to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Unfortunately, it's, it's clear at this point that he's made a class. Uh, uh, yes. It's a calf injury that's been bent, uh, yep. you know, the most glaring of, of just the, the softness of him. It's a well, it's come out of games. But neither here nor there. The point being that yep. I very much championed um, – that Tom Brady was to not be treated differently in the sense that Belichick had always been known as the guy to move on too early and not too late. Uh, And so it's not even that he was wrong on the evaluation of Brady and that Brady went on to win the Super Bowl last year. Uh, It is the clear signs uh, that it appears this game of football is passing uh, the Patriots coaching staff by. Whoa. And by that I mean um, Mm. this is not a good disciplined football (laughs) team. Um, It's one thing if Tom Brady left and you started getting blown out and you just didn't have the talent right now, right? And much has been made about Cam Newton um, and his, uh, you know, his shortcomings last year, and then I was at the forefront of that. Um, Mac Jones has been one of, if not the best, you know, one of the three best players on, on that Patriots team this year. Uh, and and mm-hmm. the PFF grades will back that statement up. Uh, okay. I know a lot of people wanted to say that he hasn't pushed the ball downfield enough. He's, he's been accurate. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's made some beautiful deep throws. He's been, he's been hit a ton. And last night he showed that in the moment he can rise up and, and play big. He's had some boneheaded mistakes. Uh, the, the two, uh, week one, week two, uh, where it's clear he didn't know how to, properly ground the ball. One of the times he threw it backwards. The other time, the other time he like, threw it at his own feet behind the line of scrimmage. 
right. um, and took a grounding. And then and then the play last night where he almost got picked off on the final drive by Devin White, um, where I, I just I don't even know where he saw him. So he's had some rookie moments, and that's to be expected. But overall, uh, right. through four games, you know, the signs are positive there. Um, and a much has been made about Belichick's drafting and abilities and, you know, the cold run he's on. And, there, and there's certainly some of that. This yeah. team, uh, they did a, a stat here locally, and I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but for years, you know, close games at the end, the Patriots were going to close out either defensively or offensively put in Brady's hands. Uh, there's something like 4-12 and 12 in the last two seasons now in one-score games. Um, and you watch, uh, you know, this year in particular, they've had uh, three games, now all three losses, if their defense had made one stop at the, in the, at the, on the last, you know, offensive drive for the other team, they win. They, all right. three times, so as good as the Patriots defense statistically has looked, the three clutch moments they've had, they've let the other team go down the field and score on. Yeah. Um, in New Orleans last week to put it away, it was, they were down in that one. But the, the Dolphins came down and scored and went ahead, and then the, and the Patriots, I mean, the uh, Buccaneers just did it again yesterday. Uh, the the go-ahead, the, the game-clinching touchdown last week against the Saints, uh, the Pats had 10 guys on the field. Uh, one of the right. first two games, they got called for 12 men on defense. Last night, they had multiple <laughs> cases where they almost had 12 men on defense. Chase yeah. Winovich might be the dumbest football player in the NFL, by the way. Watch him play. He's got he, great he hair. He can pass rush on that's about <laughs> it. And I love that pick when they made it. And he doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know when to be on the field, when not to be on the field. And that thing last night would have been comical, him running back and forth with his hands up, if it wasn't almost a weekly occurrence. So <laughs> all of the things, all the discipline the Patriots had are gone. Um, and furthermore, I mean, they just did a whole great breakdown tonight on the NFL Network of the exotic play calling um, and the creativity uh, going on right now in Arizona, uh, right. showing that, you know, there was a, a, key, a key third down late in the game, and they go spread formation and run an inside-the-tackle zone run. Uh, right. They picked up multiple yards, and they did something similar again on the final uh, on one of the final plays of the game in the four-minute drill, and I think it was Chase Edmonds went for 40 or 50 yards and really yep. iced that game out. Right. You know, they said last night in the broadcast how creative Josh McDaniels' um, trick plays are when they ran uh, one of those trick, those couple trick plays with uh, Jacoby Myers last night. I've seen those plays for 20 years. There's nothing right. innovative about what Josh McDaniels is calling. It's the same offense. It's the same defense. And now they don't appear to know how to draft players anymore because the quarterback play has not been bad. It's been everything else around Mac Jones that, that has really started, and, and Matt Judon. Outside of those two, and Jacob, sorry, Jacob Myers, too. Outside of those three, it's been absolutely <laughs> and disaster in New England. And, uh, and that guy. <laughs> well, hey, listen, I, I think that there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot, to, uh, there's a lot to, to break down in this game because, obviously, Tom Brady broke, um, I mean, there's a lot of other things, sub-stories here. Obviously, Mac Jones, that's a great story there, 31-40, 275 yards, two touchdowns in the rain. Uh, in the rain, so something that's very uh, mm-hmm. impressive there. Brady breaking Drew Brees' NFL career passing record of 80,358 yards to very little fanfare, I should ask, and became yeah, the fourth no quarterback with victories against all 32 teams, also joining Brees, Brett Favre, and Peyton Manning. Lots of big things there uh, happening for Tom Brady. So let me flip it around here and, and ask, and I'm going to get back to you, Ryan, because I want your thoughts on this, but tell me, um, to a non-Patriots fan, a non-Tom Brady fan, um, I'm, not, I'm not pushing this on you, Trev, but I'm just saying, just out, look outside looking in, how did this feel like to you watching the game 
with regard to Tom Brady and his accomplishments. Is this something that you actually saw as something really interesting, really fun? And is it something that you were as targeted on as, as everybody else in, in NFL was targeted on? Or, or is this something that was kind of like in the background for you and, you know, it is what it is? No, I was definitely interested. Not not as interested as to where they have to use Adele for a promo all week and <laughs> make it seem like it's a, a Super Bowl game or anything like yeah, that. But I was sure definitely did. interested because I know for real. But I was definitely interested because it's, I mean the man played for the organization for twenty years, uh, six rings there. You know, all different kinds of players from Randy Moss right. to James White to Aaron Hernandez, rest in peace. You know, just all different. Yeah. Different characters, different egos, different Antonio Brown, like all different players' egos, and he still had all these accomplishments. And then to see him play the team where he received all those accomplishments for the first time in his life, it's interesting. It's like, you know, he's a goat. They say he's a goat, so you want to see how the goat's going to react to play against (laughs) the team that made him the goat. Yeah, so I was definitely interested. Um, Comments on the game, if I got a little time, I thought that, this was the most rattled I've ever seen Tom Brady in my entire life playing a football right. game. And all the Super Bowls he's played in, even the one with the 28-3 where he, the, the game was over. Like, I've, I've never seen him this rattled. I feel like the moment was a little bit bigger than what he thought it was going to be. And I think it affected him a lot in different ways than I thought he was going to let it affect him, which kind of resulted in his gameplay. I mean, Mac Jones outplayed Tom Brady head-to-head. 19 consecutive passes in a row for Mac Jones in the rain. Shout out to his receivers, too, for making that possible so they have to catch the ball, but still 19 in a row against the GOAT, who you're replacing in New England, which is kind of a big deal. So that game was had all the fireworks, had all, had all, the, all the, you know, intangibles, all the hype and everything. I was definitely interested, but not as interested as the promos that made it. But it was still a really good game. Tom Brady yeah. was lost. I, w- I wanted him to lose. So yeah. <laughs> it'd have made you know a better what? story, you know? It'd I have agree. made a better story. I agree. And I was rooting for the Patriots pretty hard. Uh I've never yeah. rooted for the Patriots that hard before in my no, life. Me uh, neither. And they had Tom Brady and I, I still <laughs> didn't want him to win. I didn't I so. I've never yelled at the T V more during a Pats game when the Bears weren't playing them than last night. That was just really like right. <laughs> it was really I was really invested. I was really invested. He just looked yeah. off. Yeah. I agree. So, Man, he would, but, you know, emotion. There's probably a lot of emotion there as well, which leads me oh, to this yeah, question, sure. Ryan. I couldn't imagine. I know. That, and that's what I want to ask you, Ryan, about Tom Brady. Now, obviously, you know, there's tons of commercials out there, and he was they're really pushing this. I mean, I know that you were a Tom Brady fan and are a Tom Brady fan, even after he left for Tampa Bay. Um, and, of course, you're a Patriots fan first and foremost. But how did you feel about Tom Brady's return here to uh, Foxborough? How did that impact you, and how do you think he played? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously it was uh, it was a jarring moment to to see that. Um, you know, it's it's so much has been lost. You know, and I've said this over the years. It really is uh, so incredible to me just how the storyline has just flipped uh, so uh, disingenuously on, on Tom Brady. And I, I know it's it's stupid to go back now and do the pick one in nine six round because everyone knows the story. But like, right. he really is treated like the, the visceral frustration towards him a lot of times is like the way that I think a lot of people felt about LeBron James about like this chosen golden boy. But you know, early in his sure. career, well, he's just a system quarterback, and a lot of those same people that once he started putting up huge stats, flipped and just started hating him for being so good. Um, and so I look at that and always thought that that was just kind of disingenuous. Because if, if you like sports, 
I mean, obviously to a, a way more extreme degree, but he, Brady's story is a Rudy story. It's right. a guy who couldn't even start on his own college team. So a right. guy who didn't even end up amounting to anything really in either sport that he was touted in, but certainly not football. And, you know, he just – and he came in, and he's the fourth quarterback on the roster. So I just – I've never really understood, you know, because there are no – you know, again, people people with all these false narratives about it will we'll call him a pretty boy because he's going to get hit because they have the Tom Brady rule because Bernard Pollard decided to take out his knee with a tomahawk elbow. Um, I think it was Nate Clement. Again, go back and watch the 01 season when Nate Clement from Buffalo comes up and takes Brady's head off, and his helmet flies up the field, and Brady gets up back on and walks back to the huddle. And tell me he's not tough. Um, right, right. down 28 to three in the Super Bowl after a pick six. Tell me he's not mentally tough. So, you know, again, I, I don't understand understand it. And when the when the breakup happened, yeah, that was that was tough. And seeing him come back last night was tough. But at the end of the day, um, you know, kind of gone through the full stages here on on the whole story, but. Um, right. He had three guys oh. who yep. were there for all three titles in the in the heavy spots: the owner, the head coach, and the quarterback. Uh, every one of them impossible to not have an ego at some point, and it's impossible to not feel like you're the one who's getting snubbed in that. So the fact that they kept it together for 20 years, I think, is actually more impressive than it fell apart sooner. Because all the other greats uh, who went to second teams and stuff, they didn't last 20 years first. So they really did keep it together an unimaginable amount of time, um, you know, and I, and I think that that's, that part of the story gets missed out on that. Yeah, they had some disagreements, and at the end it didn't end up working uh, until the finish line. But 20 years is a long time to be in any kind of relationship, especially when you consider it's a trio of guys in a professional right. relationship. On the game yep. quickly, and I'll turn it back to you, but, but on the game quickly, uh, you know, I think it was a – it was a great game plan. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think the motions probably played some role in it and stuff, but I don't think Brady was rattled as much as they gave him the old Peyton Manning game plan, which was, you know, a lot of times five, six guys in the box. I think it was Bruski who did an interview this week who, who said that, you know, before the games of Peyton Manning, you know, Belichick early in the week would stop in the right. In the linebacker in the linebacker meeting room on like a Monday or Tuesday, and say you guys don't have more than six to stop the run this week. Figure it out. And they literally would go there and, and play five shell coverage, six shell coverage on every single snap. They did a lot of that to Brady last night. Brady, right. not not the passing record, but he wants that he wanted to come back and put up better stats than Mac Jones. He wanted to come back and mm-hmm. throw it. You yeah, know? So that's I, right. I don't, you know, I think that's what Belichick tried to do is challenge his ego, say you 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 can run all over us tonight. Are you going to really come back here and throw the ball 15 times in your return and just have Fournette run all over you or run all over us? If you do, fine. But I'm not going to let you beat us. Um, right. And they did that to Peyton Manning a lot. And uh, the last part of the anecdote that, that Teddy Bruschi told earlier this week was uh, Bruschi was talking to Jeff Saturday, the old uh, Colt center, and he had said he made an offhand comment about how, like, that's how they always played Manning. until and, and Manning always fell into the trap until the second half of the 06 AFC Championship which was, of right. course, when they came back and won that game and then went and smoked that horrible team up in Chicago in the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> and Jeff Saturday told, told Teddy Bruschi, and the only reason that they ran the ball so much in the second half of that game was because Jeff Saturday and uh, a couple of the other offensive linemen went and got in Manning's face at halftime and screamed at him that they were going to start running the bleeping ball and they weren't going to fall into the trap <laughs> again. Um, so oh the point God. is that quarterbacks have a hard time just to, to handing that ball off. So I think that's a lot of what you saw last night was Belichick was saying, you can beat us tonight, but it's not going to be because you're going to throw 400 yards and six touchdowns. So right, another right. Way to do it. Um, and, he, and, and he did. You know, so. And he did. Yep. Yeah. 
so that's that's that, there's that all right we got a caller here it's uh it's lou from new jersey and uh lou i'm pulling you right in right now um are you there thanks yeah, oh, yeah. so hey Absolutely. lou what's your question do you have a question about the bucks and the pats here well more of a, i mean like jones may have been the better quarterback but brady you know he still proved that you know he's he can still out outlast newcomers, and I really thought that the uh, old crowd of um, Foxborough was going like, boo him because you know when old players come back to their uh, old haunts, you know how the crowd can react with. Right. Because I'm like thinking, well, he left us, and like you know, like you you how can you do this to us? You you gave us five six championships, and this is what you do to us? You good for nothing? You know what? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, that's how most that's how most fans are. Because you know, fans can be when a player returns after yeah. their new team, and like you know, you that's what I was kind of expecting. But the crowd is cheering them on. Yep. So they did. I, I was a little bit surprised by that. Yeah, yeah, they're welcome. They definitely welcomed the cheers during the pregame. They were really invested. Um, their stream of booze when he on his first drive of the night, but that all kind of makes sense. So, uh, you know, kudos right. to the fans, you know, for being legit there. Do you have a, a question for us, Lou? Mm-hmm. Well, I just want more to make a comment because, you know, the okay. questions I think were, yeah. But, you know, cause right, I, well, did, I did see the game. It looked like a pretty good, it, it was a good game. Of course, Brady, uh, well, but I do have the Gronk. Is the is the Gronk going to be out for uh, more than just this week, or is he going to have a chance to play? Uh, Chances oh, are it's going to be a multi-week absence, I think. Yeah, but um, I don't know, Ryan, if you have ah. any thoughts on that. Yeah, it's not just a cracked rib. He's got a punctured lung. I can't imagine you see Kronk until... Okay. Uh, and fractured ribs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's right, down. Right. Wasn't, wasn't Bergeron uh, on the uh, on the uh, uh, the Boston Bruins? Didn't he have, like... Was it Bergeron who had the punctured lung yes. played through it? Yeah, it was, it was a collapsed lung. Uh, okay. And fractured <laughs> so, ribs and, like, a torn shoulder uh, in that in that Stanley Cup uh, finals. Against so, the, get, the Ron, get back on the field, man. What the heck? Yeah, what the heck? Yeah. If we were in the playoffs, I think you might see Gronk next week. Uh, I think yeah. in, in October, yeah, you shelve him for a month and, and, and get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the right, the right. only thing for the Bucks is we saw last night just how much better Gronkowski is than any other tight end on that roster. Um, yeah. It, 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 ooh, it's ooh, drastic. Ooh. And, and thank God wow. he looks as good as he has this year because uh, Brait was awful and O.J. Howard is uh, invisible out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that is a real shame. All right. Obviously. Thanks a lot for your question, Lou. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, that was Lou. And, uh, well, you know, thanks, uh, Ryan, for chiming in here on the game. I mean, this obviously was a big game. I thought about you all, all week when I was thinking about that, and that's why I thought this would be great to have you back on the show again um, to talk about it because uh, what, a, what an emotional game and actually one that I was fully invested in that I never thought I would be invested in. And the closer we got, the bigger of a deal it was to me. So that's why I was like, wow, that was fun. <laughs> it was a fun game, even though it got down to the end. Last question on this, okay? I want to get both of your takes on this. Last series fourth and three do you go, go for, for it. it or do you kick the field goal <laughs> i know how you feel <laughs> all right go, and i agree i say you go for it i say you go for it i yep. mean 56 yards in the rain i mean i, I understand you got Pick a good kicker but that's just too. i know yeah. i know bad plant leg and that's yep. his career long i just uh, you know i mean he came close anyway but ryan what are your what's your take on this yeah, they, uh, they they kept counting all night, which I'm so glad it's over, so I don't have to keep hearing about it before every field goal gives me a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> not that it matters because the Patriots aren't going anywhere, but the Nick Folk kicking streak. Underreported in that was that he hadn't attempted one longer than 51 yards. They'd all been really controlled attempts, 
And over the last two years, well, the, well, the Patriots have played a borderline uh, Big Ten style of old-school conservative right. offensive football. Um, there's that From that area of the field, they're more likely to punt than they are to attempt a field goal. Um, so, you know, I jo- Jones, you know, the thing about Jones, the criticism on Jones is that he can't, or, you know, that he hasn't pushed the ball down the field enough. So you're telling me you couldn't get got him in, you know, Jacoby Myers in a one-on-one situation with Richard Sherman with all those DBs hurt to just go get a, you know, get separation at a four, at the four yard mark and make a completion there. Uh, yeah. I, you know, again, Nick Folk has been super reliant on a percentage basis. So he's, he's been a little bit over, over inflated, but he's, let's not pretend he's Justin Tucker or even, or even Steve. Yeah. Here. Um, right. You know, that, that, that's been a very, very protected streak. He had been on. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I, I saw. I take it from that. You also agree should have gone for it in fourth and three there. I mean, fifty seconds left. Yeah, if it's ideal conditions and you have a good kicker, kick it. But right. you know, I understand that even the advanced analytics crew was saying percentage-wise, you have a better chance of making that and winning than doing the refs. But again, you have to factor in the weather, the leg injury, um, yep. and just who, and just who that kicker is. And I, I think exactly to roll the dice on fourth and three. But I think. You know, I, I think Belichick maybe even, you know, narrative-wise might have gone the kick because it was safe. And, you know, we all remember the famous fourth and two back in 08. Maybe he didn't want to go for yeah. it and come up short and have the narrative that his new quarterback couldn't get the big play done and that he was too aggressive and he blew it. So instead he goes, you know, buy the book and we'll roll out the field goal unit. And yeah. it's not my fault he missed the kick. Maybe it takes a little yeah. bit more blame off of him. Because it went the other way and, it didn't, and, and they, they came up without – Without the conversion, I think that the that the criticism would be louder than it has been about the uh, going going conservative and going for the kick there. Yep, no, that's a good point. I didn't really think about it that way. Uh, I just thought of it from what I wanted to see, <laughs> and I'm like, gosh darn it, go for it, because uh, uh, he was looking good, and I thought that they could pick up three yards. But hey, particularly with all the injuries on the uh, Buccaneer side, you know, I just felt like there was at least line up, try to draw them off sides, and see what you can do. But anyway. That being said, hey, uh, Ryan, thanks for coming back on the show to talk about the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Patriots. This has been fantastic. We're going to have to get, back to you, back, get you back on the show in order to do a, a full show with us with everything because uh, I miss you being on the show, dude. It's been too long. It's literally too long. I mean, I, you've been on the show maybe like three times since, um, since you had to bow out, and it's, uh, it sucks. We've got to get you on. Yeah, you know, I appreciate it. Well, you know, reach out to me. We'll try to see. I'm actually uh, – my announcement – that I have to do before I go is that I'm actually, uh, you know, with the Patriots and dire straits. I'm just done with the sport. Um, the New England are on track to have the most amount of wins in the history of the MLS. So I am now a full uh, soccer fan. So oh my nice. gosh. He's got all European football on us. <laughs> yeah. you know, nice. man, the NFL said to me, Notre Dame lost, so college football is over. So if you're looking for me, I'll be on the pitch. Watching the Revolution go uh, raise whatever they call the trophy in the MLS. I got no idea what it's called, but it's going to be great. <laughs> That's right, but you're going to really know because you're going to have it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Ryan. Appreciate it. How's Ryan Woodfield, everybody? Thank you, Ryan. Nice to meet you, bro. All right. So, well, Trev, that was a lot, and we got we actually uh, um, went into a lot of information there on that team. But I, I want to go on and talk a little bit about the NFC East and that Washington football team at the Atlanta Falcons because that was some game, man. That was a high, wild, yeah. high-scoring game. Washington football team beat the Falcons yeah. 34 to 30. Uh, mm-hmm. Massive ad-libbed 30-yard touchdown from Heineke to J.D. McKissick with 33 seconds remaining. Pretty exciting stuff. But the other side of the tape, obviously, the Washington football team defense. 
374 yards allowed, 24 first downs, and they allowed the Falcons to convert on 10 of 16 third downs. So a lot of questions, a lot of good things, and a lot of questions there. So tell me, what are your takeaways from this week's game? Uh, I'm happy with with the win. We're two and two, but mm-hmm. I'm not happy about about the way we did it. Um, yeah, we got we caught some miracles, some lucky balls. Our defense is still really bad. You just you just spat out the stats to, to prove so, or you can just watch the games and see, <laughs> or just check the scores of the games and see that we're allowing teams right. to score thirty or more points every week. Um, right. I'm, I just as a Washington football team fan, I'm really sick and tired of these squeaky games. I mean, yeah, we won, but if D Hop <laughs> makes exciting. two extra points, if yeah, if D Hop makes two extra points, which he does on a daily basis, that's his literal job. He, yeah, he wouldn't be in a, a tight ball game as we were yesterday. Um, you know, just ah, totally. I'm happy. Like I said, we got the one. Well, I got the win, but. Look what we had to do to beat the one and two Falcons. We had some, I know. some I know. miracle hey. dive on the pylon and I know. a miracle lollipop throw to Terry McLaurin. Like, it's just. Yeah. Oh. Hey, that being said, you beat the Falcons. Giants didn't beat we the did. Falcons. So, there you no, go. There's, no. yeah. there's that. <laughs> I mean, that, the big question, obviously, is on defense, as you said. That, that's certainly a something we got to keep an eye on. Um Two more questions about that side. I want to flip it over to talk about the Falcons for a second, but 101-yard kickoff return by DeAndre yes, Carter sir. for a touchdown. Big time. Big time. First big NFL time. touchdown, I believe. I mean, Which is crazy. Yeah. It's amazing. He looks, he's, he's a looking, he's, specialist, and I figured yeah. he would have more than that. But Right. Hey. Right. That's what I thought, too. But that was fantastic. I think that – so there, special teams may be able to make up a little bit. Because that was, that was critical mm-hmm. in the game. Absolutely critical in terms critical. of – we're moving the momentum as well as just mm-hmm. look at the final score. You know, I mean, that was yep. basically the difference in the game right there. Um, and then now the questions that I have for you, because okay. offense has been keeping the Washington football team in these games. Logan Thomas, hamstring injury in the first quarter. Oh. We're not sure how when he's coming back. Guard Brandon Scherf also out, knee injury in the third yep. quarter. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts here? How does this impact the Washington football team if they can't suit up next week? Um, Brandon Scherf. I feel like that happens every year. At least for the past three years, he's going to miss some kind of time with some kind of injury. So mm-hmm. that doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me. And we had Wes Weiser fill in for him yesterday, and he filled in quite nicely. So I think with an extra week of preparation for Schweitzer to be the starting right guard, he's going to be mm-hmm. just fine. And then okay. Logan Thomas, that, that's huge. Logan Thomas is huge. Um, we do have other receivers, but our tight end group, he was the one probably with the best hands. Right. Uh, so we do have Ricky Seals Jones who was a former wide receiver turned tight end, the stretch tight end. So that's kind of cool. But John Bates was drafted mainly for his blocking, although he did, they did say he had sneaky good hands, but I still see him as a blocking tight end. And then now we've got Samus Reyes, I'm talking about bringing off the practice squad, the, the European Chilean player that we've had. He's never played football right. in his life. Oh, yeah. Makes you some, <laughs> Why not? Makes you some action on Sunday. So Logan Thomas, day to day, I mean, week to week with the hamstring. So hopefully it's like a, a one week or two week thing, if anything, at the most. But uh, that's it. Logan Thomas is a huge blow because he's a big piece of our offense and what right. we do scheme-wise. So it's going to be hard to fill his shoes. Yeah, I agree. That's going to be really interesting to see how they um, make up for that production. But they did it yesterday and because he went out early in the first quarter. He didn't have any right. contribution to this game. So they made it yeah. happen. Um, they definitely made it yeah. happen. And part of it was a lot more J.D. McKissick than I, I, I had yes. expected to see. So, yes, he's, um, he's a weapon. Yep. 
Yep, quite and 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 amazing. I mean, a great play, obviously, as I mentioned, a 30-yard touchdown pass. He kind of leaked out to the right side and just made himself available, and that was basically the, the one of the major keys of the game. So many keys to this game. It's amazing that you think about how many things that happened in this game that could have changed the outcome. And the one big factor on the, on the Falcons' side, because you named, you called it, Trev, two weeks ago, you mentioned this guy as a pickup in fantasy football, mm-hmm. and, and you had him. noticed what he's doing. And, and now we look at and we see what he did. Corderell Patterson, first Falcon yes, to score three touchdowns in a game since 2018. I mean, since 2018. I mean, that, so that's, you know, that's, that's impressive. That is impressive <laughs> it stuff. Really is. I mean, what do you think? Is this for real? Is this, is this Corderell Patterson being used right? Or, you yeah. know, okay. Interesting. I think, I mean, he, I think he's been used right. Um, they cut because they kind of don't have really anybody else to, to jumpstart that offense. Right. Kyle Pitts is there, but he seems like he's slowly starting to come along. It's taking longer than expected mid that we thought, picking it number four. And then right. you have Calvin Ridley, who has been a number two all his life, and now he's number one, so he's going to get a lot yeah. more looks. And he's good, but I never really see him as a number one right. at all. Right. But So then, then you have Mike Davis, who who's okay. He's just really buff and stocky. So, I mean, yeah. you don't have anybody else to go with on offense, so you kind of do have to use him. The way they're using him is great. Uh, he actually ran the ball better yesterday than Mike Davis. Yep. Uh, he had that long touchdown ca- uh, catch. He was wide open. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, hey, he's old in terms of NFL age, but he's still got some left in the tank, as he showed yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah. They're using him right. They're using him just right. It's amazing. I wonder what it would have been like if they had used him correctly in uh, Minnesota when they drafted him. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's amazing. Right? Can you imagine yep. the weapon – they could have had right now, just looking at what he's able to do today with the Falcons. All right. Well, you called it, Trev. Uh, so, you know, kudos to you and anybody who listens to the Thank podcast you. would Thank be you. way <laughs> up on there, uh, way up on there. It's funny because I actually uh, picked him up in a league based on your recommendation, Trev. And, and I've gotten so many trade offers for him in the last week. <laughs> and oh, after yeah? last yesterday's <laughs> performance, it's like, I'm yeah. like, no, thank you. I'm going to keep yep. him. I think he's going to be I'll good for the rest of the year. <laughs> All I right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and uh, hit the boxing bell on that one and move on to our next topic. Before we do that, let's talk about our sponsor, Manscaped, with yes, supports sir. football garbage time. Who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world? Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And, of course, <laughs> they have the fourth-generation trimmer, the lawnmower 4.0, which we have, which Trev and I have, yes, along with 20 uh, – sorry, 20, damn – Two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. <laughs> and with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GARBAGETIME at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off, free shipping with the code GARBAGETIME at manscaped.com. Okay, let's move on to – we've been doing power rankings a lot, Trev, and, and we talked about yeah. this pre-show. We're going to do bottom five power rankings today. We're going to do the five – worst teams in the NFL because we've been doing the best teams and there has been some shakeup. I mean, particularly after that Cardinals Rams game, but let's, let's let it, yeah. let's let it marinate for another week before we have another hot take on that. Let's talk about the five okay. worst teams in the NFL. Give me your top or your worst five teams, starting with the worst. Uh, the worst is probably going to have to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Then you got the Houston Texans. Okay. Then you got the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. You got the Washington, Washington football team. Yeah, we're two and two, but nah, Whoa. It yeah, I'm Whoa. saying it. Yeah, and then uh, we'll go ahead and put the Jets in there too. 
Okay. All right. So I have uh, number one, the Houston Texans. I think the Texans are just atrocious. Specifically with, with Davis Mills, they are atrocious. So Tyrod Taylor, they were surprisingly competent. Um, Davis Mills is not unsurprisingly incompetent. So the Houston Texans look terrible. Um, particularly this last week. What a disaster that was. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. It's like the Bills couldn't stop scoring on them. It's like they mm-hmm. they even kicked they kicked like 16 field goals and and even then they had Mitchell Trubisky come in and score a touchdown on them. I mean, oh my God, Houston Texans have some. I mean, geez, have a little bit of pride here, you know, play some football. Um, mm-hmm. I have number two, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have number three, the Detroit Lions. Number four, okay. the New York Jets. And the five, mm-hmm. I have the Atlanta Falcons. So I have the Falcons mm-hmm. there as well at five. And so we were pretty much aligned, but. The Washington football team. Wow. Yeah, so you have them there at, at the fourth worst team in the NFL. Tell me about it. I mean, I, I know the defense has been bad, but like it's compared just, to a team like the Detroit Lions, which are just basically going nowhere, I mean, you guys got some talent still. We do. I'm just, I guess I'm just still salty about the way our season's going, even though we're two and yeah. two. In reality, yeah. we probably should be one and three, maybe even 0 oh and four, you could say. Um, uh-huh. So our, our defense is, our offense is okay. But we're, I mean, we're having to, like, always come back from a huge deficit or a deficit to make the offense look good. Like, we never come out scoring first. We never come out with a lead. We never have a lead for very long in the game. So, we're always fighting fighting the claw back. And we just let every offense do whatever they want to do to us on defense. I mean, I mean, if they don't score yeah. points, they at least they get 24 first downs. They convert every third down. Yeah, get, yeah. You know, of all these yards accumulated. So, I mean, we're two and two on paper, but on the field we're 0 and 4. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I get you. I know I get I get you. I, I know how and and trust me, I being um I I being a Bears fan, I'm much more critical about the Bears than probably anybody other than a Packers fan. So, I totally get it. Right. I understand um why that could be. I I think that you know, maybe they sneak into the bottom 10 along with my Bears. Um, I think that mm-hmm. the Detroit Lions are, are definitely worse. I mean, the, the Lions are really struggling. They're fighting really that? hard. They, they they have just a major talent deficit. You know, that's the problem. You Every know? year. Yeah. yeah. And this this year yeah. is just so – it just seems so bad <laughs> over there. I mean, they're, I mean, you look at the, the receivers out there that he's throwing to. You know, you got Jared Goff throwing yeah. to Quintus Cephas and Khalif Raymond – what you know? I mean, <laughs> I mean, oh my God, yeah. that is. Um, now that being said, I like both of those guys as fantasy football pickups because they're going to get plenty of opportunity in garbage time as um, Jared Goff throws to keep up. But boy, oh boy, what a mess! And their defense is not great either. No. Um, but and I would no, actually say that the the New York Giants are worse than the uh, than the Washington football Ooh. team. And dare I say the Philadelphia Eagles also worse? I, I would say, Ooh. you know, if you go NFC East, I, I would put both of those teams that. behind Thank them. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's true. I mean, regardless of the fact that the Giants pulled off a, a road win against the Saints, um, I don't. I think that was more on the Saints than it was on the Giants being good. And of course, Saquon Barkley coming back to full strength can pull them a little bit further down the road. But Daniel Jones is not the answer, and they're steadfastly sitting next to him. And and their defense is a shambles as well. Um, it's just good for them that the Saints happened to be dysfunctional during that day uh, that when they played yesterday. The Philadelphia right. Eagles, they they're, they're just, they just make one mistake after another. You know, I mean, Jalen Hurts has a lot of talent, but he does not have the experience to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He'd be a, he would really benefit from one extra year sitting by like Carson Wentz, who they got rid of, you know? 
I just I yep. feel like there is a there's a problem. And then of course their defense completely exposed yesterday, you know, facing more legitimate offices. We thought that maybe their defense was okay. It was pretty much exposed yesterday. They they don't have much on defense. I just think the Eagles and the, I mean, this is my question about the Western football team. They're doing poorly on defense, but they have yeah. so much talent. Is it possible that oh, if they can just become more disciplined, that they yep. can actually be a 20 times better defense by midseason? No, isn't that oh possible? Oh, my God, yeah. Of course. If they just get there, yeah, more discipline, more tackle discipline. Right. And if the, if the back end secondary can communicate a lot better, then, I, then we definitely could be a top 10 defense, I do believe. Maybe even top 15, I'll say, at the, at the worst. But Because we have, right. on paper, we have the playmakers. We have I agree. Them. It's I agree. The continuity is not there. The communication is not there, and the discipline is not there. So, right, right, I agree. And I think that you have enough. plenty of good weapons there. Terry McLaurin, a legitimate yes. Pro Bowler. I think that you know uh, Antonio Gibson will be a legitimate yes. Pro Bowler. I think J.D. McKissick is a, a legitimate support piece there going into the future that you could build on. There's a lot of there's and then when of course. You know, Logan Thomas, when he comes back from his injury, is a legitimate pro bowler as well. So there's so much there. I mean, I don't think Taylor, Taylor Heineke is the long-term answer, but he's certainly good enough, you know, yeah. to get those offensive he's weapons. Right. And he's a good <laughs> baller. You know, he'll, he'll, you know he'll, he'll fall out. So all that being said, um, I appreciate that, you know, taking a shot at your own team, Washington football team at number four. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's yep. move on to our last topic of the day here. And before we do that, uh, our final uh, final read of the day. That's Thrive Fantasy, guys. That's another sponsor of ours who we love because you want to come prop up. You want to play Thrive Fantasy this football season. It is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact of the game. I play it every week, and it's fantastic. I give you my picks every week, and it's great. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes each NFL week and has awarded over $4 million in prizes so far. And what do we say about that, Trev, about $4 million? Kanye. (laughs) That's right. That's right. If you are Kanye, you don't need to play because we know you don't need $4 million. But if you're not, you probably should play. You know, I I mean, I would would say you should play. Even if you're Drake, I would say you should play, you know, because you're flipping Certified Lover Boy wasn't so good, I think. And so, you know, you slip it. Maybe you should play a little Thrive Fantasy. That's what I'm saying. You know, Drake, we love you. Just saying. Okay? I'm a, I'm a critical guy. I like to be critical about my music, you know? And, you know, just because I love the artist doesn't mean I'm going to love every album. <laughs> hey, so all you guys out there and Drake, use promo code Garbage Time when you sign up today. You'll receive 100% instant first deposit match of up to $250. That's right. Now you get 100% instant first deposit match of up to $250. That's $253, guys. So download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or Play Store or by visiting the website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up, prop up today, use promo code GARBAGETIME. All right, last topic of the day, fantasy football waiver wire pickups. And, man, been nailing this, Trev. Just been nailing this, I swear, because Cordero Patterson – Two weeks ago, 15% owned. You named it. He is now 90% owned. 15% owned when you picked him up. You also named Hunter Renfro uh, uh, two weeks ago. He's A-plus right now. He was 6% owned back then. He's now around 70% owned. So people are – they're behind you, man. They're behind you. (laughs) You're leading the way. You're leading the way. Let me name off a couple guys that I had on my radar, and then I want to hear from what you think about these. All right, Trev? So number one – 
Sam Darnold. He's kind of balling out in the Panthers, 37% owned. He definitely has tons of touchdown upside. He has the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL of any player. How is that possible? It's five, but still, he's in the lead. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. Kenneth Gainwell, running back of the the Philadelphia Eagles, 29% owned. I think he's outplaying Miles Sanders, and he will get that starting position soon. Two injuries to keep an eye on. David Montgomery had a knee injury. They say it's not an ACL tear, but they're getting another follow-up MRI. In the meantime, pick up Damian Williams, 7% owned for the Bears. And, of course, Joe Mixon with the ankle injury. They're saying it's a low ankle sprain, but – you know, hey, who knows? And Samaji Pirine actually stepped in to take over for him after he went out. 2% owned for Cincinnati Bengals. Pick him up. I love Jameson Crowder, who's a wide, uh, wide receiver from the New York Jets at 19% owned. Yep. Randall Cobb, hey, man, he had he did it all uh, last weekend. Uh, Team leading 59 yards, two <laughs> touchdowns. He, Aaron Rodgers loves him some Randall Cobb, 6% owned. Maybe you want to take a look at him. And Dawson Knox of the tight end from the Buffalo Bills. I didn't believe at first, but now I believe. It's uh, four or five targets, 49 yards of TD in, in week three, followed up with three of five of eight for 37 yards and two TDs. That's four touchdowns in the last three weeks. Josh Allen loves them in the red zone, 47% owned. Go get them if you need them. Any of those guys interest you or anybody else you want to point out, Trev? Um, I have Randall Cobb with you as well, so we're, we're ah, nice. on that one. I'll, I'll add Dalton Schultz, tight end from the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, eight like targets it. yesterday, six catches, third touchdown in the past two games. Uh, so he's a sneaky good tight end to add. And then I've got, I'm going to pay homage to you, Hakun, and, and take Darnell Mooney from the Bears. I love it. I love it. Five, five for seven, five catches on seven targets for a buck 15. Uh, feels like he might be a nice solid number two, maybe even a, in competition for number one with Allen Robinson. Since Justin Fields yep. is on the field now. So those are, other than, other than that, I'm just going to add those two to the fantasy. Yeah, I love it. I love both of those. And, in fact, I've been on the Darnell Mooney uh, bandwagon for quite some time. Part of it yes, is humorism. Part of it is that I feel like he is going to break out at some point, and uh, I think that's a good one. Dalton Schultz, also a great one. I mean, oh, he's, he's add, very active. I'll add Curtis Samuel to that, too. He's, he's back. Okay. He, he, All right. he had a little four catches for 19 yards, but he's starting to – be included in the offense more now that he's healthy. So look out for him and have to have a better game than yesterday, of course. And yeah. That, so. Yeah. His first game back. And of course, if Logan yep. Thomas is out, those targets got to go somewhere. So exactly. why not Curtis? Yeah. We've had a very productive year last year. So, Hey, who knows? This is definitely a huge plus. All right. We have done it. We've gone to overtime. Once again, let's hit the air horn on the show, <laughs> man. We just keep doing this, man. It's just because we care right. about our listeners so much. We go to overtime. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Yep. All right, Trev, give us your social media so people can follow you. Um, on Twitter, at Trev Stores, WFT. Instagram, Trev underscore, underscore Stores. I'm on Football Garbage Time with Hakun. Yes, You're listening to right now. Breath the District, audio video yes, podcast sir. as well with Nathan and the Stoner. And uh, full press coverage. I've got yeah, articles online on the website for Washington. And we have a podcast that we just started on five episodes deep, so. I'm everywhere, Woo! man. But, yeah, Trevor's busy. On <laughs> oh, my God. You're busy, yeah. man. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. Everybody give, that, give everybody give Trev a follow and definitely <laughs> check out all the other podcasts because, it, I mean, you can never get enough Trev. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> get out there and listen to it, man. Definitely. And the rest of the district, great stuff. So definitely check that out. All right, everybody. You can follow me on Twitter at FD Garbage Time. And as always, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Good night, guys.